Hello, people. We are back. Act two, the podcast, episode one hundred and four. You know what that means? What? It's the two year anniversary. One hundred and four. Fifty-two, fifty-two, oh, two yeah. years. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dude, yeah. I didn't know that. I was came from the side. That came out the left field. Yes, the anniversary. Mm-hmm. Two years. Two up well, top, yeah. daddy. That's that's awesome. Yeah, Aww. I didn't even think about that. So proud Hey, man, of you. you just show up and you keep doing it. You show up and you keep doing it. God see you put the work in, that good things will happen. So yeah. you just show up and keep doing it. Um... But this is Act 2, the podcast, episode 104, Boy International Walk. It's your girl, Tosh, the co-host is with the most <laughs> Every fucking week, I tell y'all what... Um, um, uh, where to find us. Where to find us. What, what platforms. What platforms to find us. Mm-hmm. But wherever you get podcasts, except for Apple, you can find us on any of those pack, on, on any of those platforms. Which And we have a website, act2thepodcast.com, but also Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Anchor. Um, radio, public, TikTok, break, and Spotify. That is good. How we doing? I'm doing good. Okay. You yeah. need your glasses? You're squinting a little bit. No, I'm not squinting. Oh. I was smiling. Oh. My face tat making my eyes look squinty. No, you got a little, little something. Oh, thank you. You like me to take care of me. Yeah, you all right. How you doing? Oh, my God, God it's hot in this good. motherfucker. It ain't that hot, y'all. That's a little warm, and I'm sitting next to her. She giving me fucking googly eyes. Because he just changed his clothes. He was looking like, not like a snack, like a meal about to get eaten. Like, you was looking scrumptious. She bought it for me. He was looking good. I'll wait till we go out on your birthday or something, you know. Put them things on. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we should on. join the Mile High Club. You know, put them fangs on. <laughs> but put I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. <laughs> um, mentally, I ain't gonna lie, y'all. Mentally, I'm like a seven and a half. But nothing, it's primarily Come from work. Well, it, no, we're not doing that. Uh, we got a work category. Okay, but, I, you, you, but I'm starting at mentally. Okay, mentally, so mentally, you let work get you to a seven and a half. We're going to have to take it back a couple episodes. Back no. to like episode 24 when we learn this stuff. About bandwidth and all. Uh, you know what? I will say this. When I'm off, I'm good. Like I do. I am happy that I have the ability to compartmentalize. Mm-hmm. And when I turn it off, I turn it off. So uh, you're right. I, I will say actually mentally, I'm probably feeling like a nine. I'm probably, I, I'm feeling really good mentally outside of work. Financially, a 10. No complaints there. Um... You know, it's a new year. We've had some great conversations about, you know, furthering our, you know, money management and doing things. And just, you know, those are conversations you need to revisit. Everything was all good. Want to make sure they're good. See what we can, you know, fix around and change. And it's all good. So money is financial. Finances is a 10. And not to cut you off, but that's how you make it work. You got to be open. Uh, your spouse's ideas and, and other stuff. I mean, you know, you see, you get get blinders on sometime, and another set of eyes, another person with some inquiry about something. And she do let me do my head shit, but she's a part of this team too, so she she also has a say so on how we maneuver and operate. And I will say this: some what, women out there don't do that though. But what works for y'all may work for y'all. When it comes to finances, it is a mutual conversation. Respond a lot of responsibility on him, but it's a mutual conversation, and we feel that that's necessary because I could be thinking, you know, I got plans for us to do X, Y, Z in life. He got other plans, and we got to compromise. We always talk about communicate, yep. communicate, communicate. I think 
when we talk about relationships, to me, it's the C's that are important. Communication, <laughs> compromise, and uh, companionship. Like, those things are really, really I thought really. you were going to say compassion, but that's a good one, too, companionship. Yeah, companionship is just always really important, like, to, to, to be friends, to be each other's companion. But compromise is huge. Compromise is just as big as communication. I was just recently talking to, um, y'all know my best friend, Toya. My, she's my sister, too. Um, and her daughter, we were just talking about, you know, her daughter just recently bought a home, young, beautiful, doing her thing, and just... It's it's funny when you have um, older people in your life and now where the old to being old and ugly your daughter thing. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. Like that, everybody's young and beautiful. I'm just saying she put the caveat on it as the opposite was old and, and ugly and still doing the thing. <laughs> no, I'm just saying those are. The, anyway, we are the old heads. Like you know, for for my niece, you know, she's doing her thing. She's in her twenties, and just talking about the tools that. You, you know, your old head should give you and, you know, um, com effective communication in relationship, compromises, compromising in relationships. So I just think that's, <laughs> that's pretty big. But I digress. Let's get back to work. We didn't even work, get to this, the final. We got the finances, but we get to work. Work is, excuse my language. Y'all know that I don't curse often on here. Work is a shit show. Like, <laughs> literally, like, ah. But you know what? I'm going to say, I, I, initially I was going to say it was a seven. But I'm going to say it's an eight. Things are going and I'm doing my thing. It's a lot. It's chaotic. So but you can name eight things that's wrong, that, or ten things that's wrong with work right now, right? Ten things? Like if you just had to ramble off the top of your head what's wrong with work, you can go ten deep right now. I can go five no deep. Five deep yeah. right now. So give me three things that's good about work. Um, I have a great you, boss. Okay. Um, I am an effective leader with a team that respects me. To, to, to talk your shit. Um, uh, and I'm, I get paid very well. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So, so you just got to find a silver lining in it. Yeah, yeah. it's stressful sometimes. And I know you be doing your thing, but you make great money. You do a great job and people like you. And I don't a really lot care people, about them liking me. Respect no, when I when I yeah. say you you in the relationship, oh, with your yeah, boss, like yeah. people like you, people trust you is what I'm what I was getting at. Yeah, like they know you do your job. Like people can walk away from you and no shit gonna get done. And that's the important. Best kind of people to have around. You know, it's important. And everybody. I has, was telling my guys that at work, like, because they was asking about this big job and something we going that we might get, and it was like I don't want people. Unless I can walk away from them, no shit gonna get done. Mm -hmm. Other than, otherwise, it my day is all fucked up. You know, I realize in the um, professional world, and I think it may be helpful. Maybe in the future, we have an episode about that. Just the dichotomy of your work zone versus mine, corporate America versus oh, yeah. blue collar. Um, but you know, people like for people to respect them. Um, at work and wanted to trust them and they go about it in different ways I'm going to tell you this I have never been a brown noser ass kisser that I just want to do my job and do it well and for me it's proven that my name speaks for itself like I don't have to you know push my way into certain places I'm just going to do my job and show you that I know what I'm doing and you're going to want to come to me I'm not going to have to like you know, be doing that double Dutch thing. And it works for me. I, I, I appreciate the opportunities that I have, have had as a black woman in corporate America. 
um, who I work with a variety of people from all, you know, age ranges and men, women, whatever. But I, I appreciate it. Physically, I am an eight. Um, you know, just been making some changes within myself and I feel good. So that was a very long time for me to talk. But I will say, just to recap, I'm a nine, ten, eight, eight. We got that. Nine, <laughs> ten, eight, eight. All right. You like me to talk? Um, how are you? We want to get through the mental part, though. I mean, the mentally, right now, I probably went down a point or two. It's like, really? no. <laughs> I feel good. I feel like an eight plus, like an eight and a half. Okay. Mentally. Um, now it might change hour to hour because, um, as everybody, you know, all you out there know, I talk about my nana all the time, and she's super heavy on my heart. She has been for weeks, but right now, I feel good. That's um, good. Yeah. Uh, Keep my baby in prayer, y'all. Finances, nine across the board. Work, um, I would say a nine. It's good to be back at work, see my guys, miss them. So that's all good. Physically, my shoulder is better. I feel good. Um, there was a little twang in it this morning, but mm. it doesn't hurt now. Wows and wolves. So you nines across the board. Yep, neeners. No way, babe. Wows, um, I say just, you know, being blessed to make it to another year um you know sometimes you kind of get lost in the, the in the hoopla because it's like okay it's yeah it's another year but it's another month another week another day and we're and watching the new year celebration like one of the hosts was saying like you know it's kind of like a overdone thing mm -hmm. but when you really think about the gist of it it is like a new cycle starting and you know if i could put one word on last year it would be chaotic so I am looking forward to a fresh start. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to a fresh start, and that's that's my that's my wild. Just being blessed to see a new year and spend it again with you. Yeah. Um. My woe is, um, you know, we we encounter some challenges over, the, and I guess it's a silver lining in that too. Um, just silver like, lining and hey, everything. Yeah, I just hate beefing with you. We had some beef going into the new year, but I was happy that we went into it on a better note. So, you know, leading up to it, didn't know if one of us was going to make it across, but... um, Hey, man, shit happens, but, that, you know, I don't know everything. I don't pretend to know everything, but what I do know, I do know, and what I do know is us, and... You know, I call in the big guns in a heartbeat. This was so, my woe moment, though. You, you done. My woe was just... I'm just saying, I, you, I call the big that, guns in the heartbeat. That, that, that we saw the rainbow. Yes, give me two up top. Um, my wow is just being back to work. Like I said, I miss my fellas. Um, it's been good hanging out with them all week. Um, so, yeah, that's good being back to work, moving around, you know, I needed those 10, 11 days off. Mm -hmm. my, my woe was just being back to work. <laughs> um, you know, it's the grind starts again. So, you know, it is what it is. I got three jobs going on right now. So um, two in the same building and one in another building. So, you know, I got my hands full. But work is work. But that's my wow and my woe. Um, all good? I'm good. Okay. So wait, if you could put a word on last year, what would it be? If I could put a word on last year, I would put um, disruptive. Mm. Yeah. Disruptive. Wow. Yes, yes, yes. That yeah. I'm, I'm still in it. That was, well, yeah. Going into this year, uh, it's 2023. It's a brand new year. It's a brand new sheet of paper you can fold over. Everybody's writing their own books, um, filming their own movie. What, what are you looking forward to in 2023? 
And okay, so in five actually, weeks, she has a birthday coming up in twenty twenty three. So that's not far away. I know that you always look forward to your. I your do. Birthday. That's my holiday. Um, and that comes along with the new year. Um, but you know, other than your birthday, what, what are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to a year of Tasha, and I say that not selfishly, but meaningfully. Like I want to be so intentional i know there's been so many words thrown around you know throughout the therapy rhetoric yeah and, and it feels like through covid because so many people started spending so, issues, well yeah. not only that so many people started spending so much more time on the phones it's like social media was gradually building and covid was like mm-hmm. um but but through that you know there's been a lot of words thrown around my word for um, 2023 is intentionality. I just want to be very intentional. So I'm looking forward to a year of me celebrating me, taking care of me, um, just allowing me to, to, to be at peace, be, be not, not at peace always like, but, but just to kind of find myself, not that I feel like I'm lost. No, this is the word to rediscover myself. I feel like um, there's been so much that has happened in the last years of our life, and it has been going good. Not all bad, like a lot, way more good than bad. But in that going, I feel tired. Mm. And I want to slow down, do the things I need to do, and just be very intentional about, about everything I do, places I go, people I spend time with, things that I say. <coughs> If I don't want to say anything, I just want to be very intentional and just rediscover myself. Not that I feel, again, I don't feel like I'm lost. I don't feel like I'm not happy. I don't feel like I'm missing anything. There are some voids in my life that um, I need to find places or, or not places, need to find ways to have them fill. And I may already have what I need. I just need to allow those things to spill over into those gaps. But for me, that's what I'm looking forward to, rediscovering myself and not, I feel like I'm always like, like, not on edge, but like shoulders tight a little bit. Yeah, you, um, like that's where I feel like you, you don't necessarily know how to compartmentalize when it comes to that is what I feel. I'm a person who's been around you 20 years outside looking in mm-hmm. and kind of inside looking in. Um, you be inside you, of me looking. You don't, of course. I was inside <laughs> you last night. Um, you don't. It's um, <laughs> the uh, you don't compartmentalize things like that. It's like you worry, 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 until it makes you fucking. Um, it, it it throws you off, and it's like you don't necessarily always have to do that. And life will make you slow down. So we had a lot happen in 2020. A lot happened in 2021. Yeah. A lot happened in 2022. Right. And she's right. More good than bad, but there's also some bad the in there. The wheels have been and going. You you got to be able to lean into what you, and this is, you know, easier said than done, but lean into the things that drive you crazy, but know how to, like, separate yourself from that and, and still be worried about your inner peace. Like, if I go too far down this rabbit hole, then my peace will be screwed up. And always have that in mind, like celebrating you, caring about your peace. Like like you said, saying what you want to say, not saying what you want to say, being intentional with your time, being intentional, being a wife. Like, all that stuff 
just slows you down. And what you've been through this year in life will slow you down because yeah. it makes you grow and say, oh, damn, like I got to rethink this. I got to rethink that. And it makes you take things in. When life, what I've learned in my 40s, life is like guys playing basketball. When they come into the league, everything is fast. Like everything is fast. Mm-hmm. You can't maneuver. Once the game slows down and you can see what's about to happen, kind of like you can kind of anticipate shit. Life slows down for you, and you see shit differently. You see shit better. You think about weird shit. You think about death. You think about all kinds of shit. Yeah. You know, one of the things stuff that, that you wasn't thinking about in your thirties and twenties. One of the things I thought about, like he, you know, kind of alluded to things happening to me, and you know, just being a little transparent without telling all my business because it ain't something that I really want to talk about. Because that's a, that's a business. Because <laughs> that's my business. But um, you know, just being hurt in life by. By people, by things that happen, um, and this has—I I mean, we probably would have talked about it if it was about us, but it ain't about us, so whatever. Um, but just be it when when you go through dark, like people can be happy and just keep going, and things, mm-hmm. all good things are happening to you. Blessings are flowing, is rainbows and butterflies. But when you are hurt by something, whether it's through betrayal whether it's through death and you're dealing with grief like yeah (laughs) of course if you're physically hurt a traumatic situation it 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 should cause you and it probably causes everybody but everybody may not be aware to kind of recalibrate yeah it's it's, it makes you sit down it makes you stop and think and deal with what you're dealing with it makes you sit with your emotions i feel like that's what i have had to do because it's kind of like everything you thought you knew and the machine was going and the machine, it was just steady going and it's like er, a kink. You got to recalibrate them. So maybe it can't go like this anymore. Maybe it got to go like this. Whatever the change needs to happen, you have to recalibrate. And it's a, it, it's something that happened in your machine. So you, you're, you're, you, you don't think your machine it won't break. Yeah. You don't think your machine won't need some maintenance. You don't think your machine's going to keep going like it was. So let me ask you this. You kind of alluded to this, but um, I'm going to be specific. Is there something about yourself that you've learned like later in years that you don't like and like you want to focus on changing? Things about myself that I don't like. Um, damn, I love me. Well, um, I of course no, I. No, I'm serious. I do love me. I like who I am sitting here. Um, things that I don't like about myself. Um, I don't like that. I'm. I'm. You know, I go outside every day wanting to be positive and wanting to be um, a good man, a good person, doing my best to be a good husband. But I also know there's a dark side to me, mm. and I don't um, necessarily always like what I think. I don't necessarily always, um, you know, like what I feel. Mm. So, you know, just... Like, do you be thinking about, like, killing somebody? Well, I don't know if I go that far, but I I just don't like the things I think sometimes. I just don't like to think the way I feel sometimes about certain things, about certain people. So, yeah, I I realize that how, no matter how positive and peaceful I may be, and I'm really at peace, I'm really happy in my life, but I also know there's a darker side to me that is just there. And I'm much more manageable of it now than I was in the past. I'm much more aware of him now than I was in the past. But, you know, it still exists. So the thing that I've been realizing about myself, and I, I think we 
we meaning you, my sisters, like those who know me have always known this, but I feel like it is intensifying as I get older. I'm going a little bit of paranoia and I don't like it. Mm -hmm. I absolutely don't like See, it. And it's crazy because these are things that I always thought about you. Well, and that's what I said. It's always been known, yeah, but it's I like feel you, like it is. But it's weird to hear you amplified. say these things about you. And it's so it's like a revelation to you. Yeah. But to me, it's like, oh, like, yeah, I always thought that she can be paranoid. Sometimes she can be. Uh, impulsive about shit like she can be not like she can't compartmentalize her shit just runs together although at times she can be articulate with her thoughts in her head and so I didn't learn this in therapy but I read this somewhere people um, live how their head is and you can look in like you don't we don't have a dirty house or anything I'm not saying you're dirty but your areas your closet your she, where you be at the most is like, you know, it's a little, <laughs> can tell she's been there. Yeah. It's not dirty, but you can just tell she's been there. Because part of that is your fault. But I'm just saying the way she keeps things. Now, I don't have all the shelving I need in my closet, but it's all in how you keep the spaces that you go to. And her bathroom, her closet, like those are areas that I can look and be like, she was like definitely here part of that though is the lack of organization an organizational tool so we've been in our the, house the schedule. <laughs> i know we've been in our house almost a year but we still require some things we kind of slow down so those tools but this is going back to paranoia that's something about myself that i have again i've always known it but i feel like it's amplifying and I do not like it. And I, I have to get a grip on it. So mm -hmm. that's why I just wanted to know, was there anything about yourself that you, that anything specific? like? That was a really good talk. We've never spent like that much time in the beginning of the show. But I, that was cool. I, yeah. I enjoyed the, the conversation. I, you had I, some good, good questions. Yeah, because the word thing was something that stood out to me. Was, oh, so what's your word for this year? Um, substance. Mm. Like I like I'm I just want to keep growing, keep doing. I'm looking forward to traveling. I'm looking forward to looking forward to new things with the podcast. Like it's another year of that. Like just trying new things. Like I'm I'm I want to challenge myself to, you know, meet some new people. You know, get new information. So yeah, I'm just looking forward to doing all that stuff and challenging myself. And what was my word? Substance. Substance. Having substance in a year. That's good. Okay. Um, it, it, this is like a bad segue, but <laughs> NFL injuries. Daryl Stingley was paralyzed. Kevin Everett was paralyzed. Joe Theismann had a compound fracture that popped out of his leg. Ryan Shazier was paralyzed with a broken neck. He's walking again, though. Michael Irvin had a broken neck. <clears throat> um, Ryan Clark lost a piece of... His kidney, his spleen, one lung, and a lobe of his liver. Deion Sanders lost two toes. Ronnie Lott cut his own finger off in a football game. So football requires um, a lot from the people who play it. It's a barbaric sport. Um, if you had uh, a son, a couple sons who had a dream of playing football, could they play? No, I wouldn't. Uh, and I've thought about this before. I would not allow my son to play contact football 
um, at a young age. I, I, I do think, now, you know, when kids get... Well, you can't play at a young age. You only can play when you're 12 and up. So you can't play when you're five years old, six years old. They've been stopped that. So you can play when you're 12 years old and up. You can play tackle football because they think that you're big enough and weight to be hitting each other. So anything under that is flag football. Mm. So at 12 or 13, your kid's in the ninth grade going to high school or in middle school at the tail end of middle school. You not you don't think he's big enough to to take hits in football from people his size. Right. So I don't know if that's absolutely true because there are some and we have some family members who kids play football, but I would okay. but even if even to your point, even if they were twelve and up, I, now see it's it's weird that you say that because in that respect you figure by that age, you know, it, you even know if kids got it or don't. Mm-hmm. And my thing is, if you don't know for sure that your kid got it, like, got it, got it, got it, really got it, got it, and there could potentially be some, you know, that could lead to their future, why allow that kind of trauma and potential injury just for fun? For the sake of the conversation, your kid's a five-star athlete, has been since he was five. Anytime he touched the ball, everybody always talked about him. He's the fastest. This kid's going to go one day. He's 13 now. He wants to play football. He has been since he was five, up and down the street. Everything lines up for him to be, to live out his dream. Do you let him do it? If if I <laughs> and if, you know, like he can take the hits. You know he can play football. If, You've seen him play, and you know he's good. If I could have some say so in like the protective gear that he has, then I'm like what you put on football uniform with shoulder no. pads and okay. Can, can I buy him the best? Like, do we know? Well, I think I've heard from shows that you watch. Mm-hmm. There are certain kinds of helmets that yeah. may not be standard issue, but that are proven to protect from those cerebral injuries. Right. So I would agree with that. If if I had some say so, and it's like okay, this is the standard issue one, but if I pay this extra five hundred dollars, he could get this. Mm-hmm. I can buy him this helmet. And if I could, you know, take those preventive measures, then that may um that may, you know, be some sort of incentive to allow him to if I know that he's passionate about it. But to your point I would kind I I wouldn't I know I think a lot of times people steer their kids in one direction or another. And this goes for guys and girls. Like, you know, little boys, they like, oh, you want to play football or basketball? And then for girls, oh, you want to go to dance school or cheerleading? But they may truly not be interested in that. It's just, you know, parents do typical things. Like people have gender reveals and they say tutus or touchdowns. Right. That's like that stigma <coughs> that's applied to having a daughter or having a son. I, so, I, I agree with that. I acknowledge that. But I mean, if I had a son who was you know, of age and could play football and like you, you like we knew like, okay, shit, he fast, right. special. Like I wouldn't, I would want to support his dream. Like I can only imagine being so passionate about something mm-hmm. at 13 and your parents telling you, no, you can't do it. Like do something else. Well, that's the and thing it's like too. I, they're doing it out of protection to help you so that you don't end up, you know, with, with something broke on your body or missing a piece of liver or a lung. Um, but it's like suppressing your dream, your passion, and everything that you care about. Like, when you got this son or two sons who care about this sport and that's all they want to do. Why two? Well, if you have twins or something. Oh. Like sons, <laughs> I'm like, why? If you just have a couple of boys who just like football and it's like, damn, that's out for y'all because you could get hurt. 
and rightfully so you care about them you're their parent but they really really like but football but my thing is this it. why don't i mean if that's to to allow your kids to play from the age of five six years old and then at 12 13 stop them that's counterproductive as a parent, you're mm-hmm. like setting yourself up to disappoint your kids. Like, don't even introduce them to that. Start them off playing baseball, soccer, lacrosse. Join the swimming team or something. If that's going to be like, okay, you'll play as a kid, but when it starts to get really good, you can't play anymore. Like, why even a, don't? I I feel like I mean I with your going along with your question. You know, yeah, okay, we know they're an awesome player. I would want to take preventive measures, but if to be completely honest, at five, six, I wouldn't even want to start them. Right. Now, I mean, and again, you have sometimes, you know, those little husky little boys, they like, oh, he's going to be a linebacker. Or maybe the tall, lanky little boy's like, oh, he make a great receiver. Or he's going to be the quarterback. But there's so many other options. And I think, what unfortunately. What if he played defense? Would you, because that matters? Because he'll be doing the hitting. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. I wouldn't want him to go down that lane at all. Okay. Yeah. And I think, unfortunately, I would disagree. For, I think we would have to have a conversation about that. Like you would start him at, like, five, six years old? Not playing tackle football, but he can play Nerf football. He can play football. But I'm saying you can't, like, get... And if you do play tackle, if you do play in a peewee league, then you 58 pounds, then you can play football with other 58-pound kids. That that's how I would see it. I'm not letting you play in no escalated league where you playing against 75 pounders because that 25 pounds means. But something. what difference does it make? Even if you're 58 pounds and you're a kid and y'all playing tackle football, a 58 another 58 pound kid tackle you and you fall and hit your head. How well, many times do you think a kid can do that? You know, that's over a part course? of the sport. And it's you know, in 2010 there were 6.85 million kids across the world playing football. So a lot of people play American football. In 2021, it's only 5.23 million because of parents being scared to let their kids play football. Yeah. And something we didn't talk about is Junior Seau, Dave Dorison, mm-hmm. Javon Belcher, Mike Webster, Aaron Hernandez, Andre Waters, all killed themselves because of CTE, which is another side effect to football. The 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 car collisions. They say. Uh, at at a minimum, when they run down the field for a kickoff, they're running at 22 miles per hour and running into each other. Well, that's that, like a mini car collision. But again, that's a part of the sport. You're talking about two guys the same size playing football. That's a part of it. It's not like, you know, injuries happen. They can happen on every play, but you know that's a part of it. We watch games all the time, or I do, and I don't see nobody getting hurt. But so it's what, this, but it that, can happen at any play, but I watch enough football to see. I've seen tens of thousands of football plays, but a few injuries. But but you saying you don't see anybody getting hurt, which is what is the scary part about CTE because you don't see it. It mm-hmm. doesn't mean that their brain isn't getting hurt. Well, you do see concussions t- sometimes. Well, but but I'm saying not everybody who has CTE has had a visible concussion. But it doesn't mean that in the end, or maybe I would, I would disagree with that. I think everybody that has CTE and well, I'm saying we may not know. That's you say you haven't seen it, right? So everybody ain't always pulled to the sideline. So right. you may not always be aware. The viewers may not always be aware. So you might think, oh, we went this whole game, you know, uh, this whole Sunday with all six was it sixteen games, seventeen games with all seventeen games, and nobody had a concussion. 
that doesn't necessarily mean it's true. Just because somebody may not have been sidelined doesn't mean that they didn't. Right. But and I've to seen your some point, violent though, concussions where guys shouldn't be playing, shouldn't be be playing at all. The quarterback for Miami three weeks ago had a concussion where he was clutching his fists on the field and he played the next week. That kind of shit is a, a um, red flag for the guys to get CT. But to you, but going back to the kids at fifty eight pounds. You got two 300-pound men colliding. You got two 58-pound kids colliding. It's still a collision. It's still trauma, them falling, hitting their head. They do that two, three times a season, you know, getting sacked or tackled or whatever it's called. That's not normal head trauma that a kid who doesn't play football is experiencing. No, I'm not saying it is, but are we sitting here saying you shouldn't play football at all? So I understand all that stuff can happen, and it's still a mini car collision for two 58-pound kids. But I'd rather it be that and you get used to the hitting than to put you in football at 15 where you ain't been used to it, is all I'm saying. If you're going to play, you're going to play. And you have to you have to go in thinking that you could get hurt. Now, you don't have to think, I, could, I mean, you have to have it in your mind you could get hurt in a serious way. But you can get hurt. You can break your fucking wrist. You can break your arm. You can get knocked out. Like, mm -hmm. it's a combat sport. But Not if you accept all those risks, like I said, there's thousands of players that have played football since its inception. And there's been a few hundred people who've been injured in a bad way. Like, well, what bones about popped the, out and, but you what know, about neck the players and that shit like that. Have CTE that aren't on your list that we know they have... Um, We've seen some interviews, and I'm not going to fake like I know people's names because I can't remember. I probably read their names. But they, had, like, they, they haven't had injuries to that point of being paralyzed or bones breaking. And maybe they haven't committed suicide. But we can see, like, okay, he has the shakes mm -hmm. or his speech is slurred. Where you realize, like, wow, he may have never had a documented injury, but he ain't right. You know, so that again, having a choice, There's I would lots not of Hall choose of for my who kids. Are like that, who are on canes and walkers, and you talking about guys in their fifties. Like football takes a toll on the body. It's, but to say like, so I mean, you don't. You, it still should be played, right? It's football. I mean, it should be people <coughs> if they want to. I just wouldn't allow my kids to do it. I would want my son to play football if he wanted to play football. If he didn't want it, then I don't want you to play. But if that's your dream and you, that's what you're passionate about, then I don't want to break the passion. But what I'm saying, I wouldn't allow them to start at five, six years old. So at 12, he don't know that that's his dream. You ain't never been on the damn football field. Why wouldn't you let him play flag football at five? Why wouldn't you let him play with a Nerf ball at five? Like, what's what's wrong with that? I'm not saying a Nerf ball or something like that or playing with his dad is one thing, but playing but if he played organized in a flag league in a, in a flag league, he couldn't play with other five-year-olds. They don't know what the fuck they're doing out there running Because around. then that nurtures that yearning of, oh, I want to tackle. And then when you get to 12, you got to say, nah, 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 nah. That's why you never played sports. Because you had no nurturing when you were small. And when you got to 12, you was like, I don't know nothing about none of this shit. So I don't want to do it. I didn't. I didn't know anything. Like, about. let's go play the piano or some shit like that. And I wish I still played the piano. No, I'm not saying that's learning. a bad thing, but I'm just saying you're trying to take sports out the kid. I'm for... not trying to take sports. I said football. Okay, so if you so he can play baseball at five. He can play five. baseball, basketball, soccer. He can join the swim team. He can play tennis. So what he if can he gets up there? He what, can play football. What if you go to his game and he go to baseball? He gets up there to bat and a pitcher hits him in the side of the head. He falls down and gets a concussion. 
Okay, but that's less likely than him a physically contact, a physical contact throughout the whole game. That's different. Mm-hmm. He could play basketball, go up for a rebound, come down, his kneecap could go that way. He did it to himself. Nobody didn't con- didn't knock him down. He's still hurt. He don't have a head injury. I'd rather your knee be broken than your head be broken. I, I agree with the head injury. But I'm just <laughs> saying all the other it stuff comes with football. Everybody know what happened to uh, Demar Hamlin. He was 24 years old and went into Wait cardiac arrest. Wow. He- no. Okay, you said he was. I got. Oh, no, he, oh. he's twenty four years old. I'm sorry, she's right. I spoke about that in the past tense. Demar Hamlin is in Cincinnati Medical um, Hospital, and he was twenty four. He is twenty four years old, and he had cardiac arrest on the field. Mm. I've been watching football my whole life, and I've never seen and uh, I've seen an ambulance on the field before, mm-hmm. but I've never seen anybody get revived with CPR. Like that shit is like. And I've seen hard hits where guys have been knocked out. I've seen where Daryl Stingley was paralyzed by Jack Tatum. Like, I've seen guys hit hard and be... I've seen uh, Deshaun Jackson almost die in a football game from getting hit and was on the field for, like, five minutes. Mm. But I've never seen anybody, like, need Need CPR. Yes, need to be, like, they chest pumped on. Like, that shit is, is crazy, and it lets you know how much of a barbaric sport that these guys play. And, you know, just condolences to his family. Um, I'm praying for him. I hope he, as, as a 24-year-old, even if he was 50, I hope he wakes up and it's okay. Like, you go out like that, oxygen's not to your brain. You could wake up not the same, um, you know, and he got his whole life ahead of him. Like, his whole, whole life ahead of him. So, um, shouts out to his family, and I hope he, he just gets better. Yeah, definitely prayers for the for his family. It's such a scary thing. And I'm sure for the other players, because like you said, neck injuries, bones breaking, that kind not to say it's good, but right. it's kinda like, uh, you know the chances. But to think like I might get hit and go into cardiac arrest. Yeah. I broke it down on the radio, like it's it's as a player, you kinda know that because you play football your whole life. You've seen a guy might he broke a leg or he broke an arm or you might have seen this guy run around and he dizzy. So you've seen that stuff firsthand. He he even said he's even said that he seemed like a bone pop out of leg. That kind of shit you kind of mm-hmm. sign up for. But when you need CPR and they're beating on your chest, how do you like want to play that game again? Right. Like how do you want to get back out there and do the thing that the thing it did to him? Yeah. It's it's yeah. just crazy. Um, Demar Hampton. <laughs> Demar Hamlin had a toy drive that had twenty five hundred dollars in it the day he got hurt, and in twenty four hours it had four million. Yeah, I read. I did read that his organization. He's actually from McKees Rock, Pennsylvania, which is out there near Pittsburgh. Um, so it, you know, it was great that it just goes to show. You, I know there's so many people that have charities, but it's just great to see him being a young man and him trying to do something to help you know, people, not just people, but children. And it's it's a shame that people rally behind things in the face that was, of... Yeah, that, yeah. that was going to be one of the grams because it wasn't a lot of shit happening. But, um, the, like, let's talk about that. Why does something like that have to happen? He's a young, successful 24-year-old football player trying to do a toy drive, and he got $2,500 in it. He fucking almost dies and $4 million going in it. You know like, what's, what's the thinking behind that? Well, the thing is this, too, right? You're a football fan, right? Did oh before Sunday's game what? happened, 
uh, before sun Sunday's tragedy happened, were you completely familiar with the name Damar Hamlin? Mm -hmm. Like, it's 52 players on a roster. You know, I knew who he was. Okay. Not everybody probably does. Mm -hmm. So now that you, you, um, people become familiar with his name, you have more attention there and people see it and want to help. Not to say that's the only reason why, but then people kind of feel like that obligation, like, oh, let me do something nice because I feel bad for this guy. So I think it's a little bit of both. It's what, you know, I, I see somebody, well, to tie in. But it's like, that, I feel bad, so let me support. Yeah, not but, this guy's doing a good thing, so let me support. Well, it, because some people may not have known. I've right. never heard okay. his name before. Okay, like, before, I've never heard that name. But because, I, it just feels weird that that's the thing you do in that moment. Because at that night, and this happened in 24 hours, that night, every, didn't everybody thought he might pass that night. But it could go both ways, right? Like, even if it's something good that happened, I'll never forget when um, Giannis, uh, what was the the basketball player? Giannis Otakempo. Okay, so when he, um, I think he won, did he win a championship? Yes. Okay, and I saw and he, what he did on his Instagram page he, his girlfriend has like a lip gloss or maybe it's still his girlfriend, but some type of cosmetic thing. He put the link in his bio. Why? Because he knows. Now, not that people don't already know his name, mm -hmm. but he knows now it's going to be all this attention flooding there. And now this is the way to help promote her business because pe some people may have already known, but people who maybe have never looked at his page, like me, like I knew of him, but I didn't care to look. Uh, his page and then word of mouth starts talking and people flood there another thing i did that's something you have to put out though because if you just go to instagram and put that in your bio who fucking knows that so you it would i mean i get it and it's cool but if you're thinking along those lines just do a video like yo this is my girl she got this line and show the line and do it like a little 30 second video and promote it that way i mean you could but people just go into bio. it but people just go into your page and they see it just out of curiosity. They're going to be nosy and want to click on yeah, it. Yeah, you're right. Because if the link in your bio goes to a point where they can buy it, then yeah. that matters. Oh, yeah. yeah, it went to Not her website. Not just looking at it. Like, you can go to the website and actually buy it. Exactly. And that's what he did. And I did read something a while ago where, like, um, somebody had died. Don't remember who it was. And their followers, like, spiked. And, and it was kind of asked, like... Why when people die, yeah. do people then decide they want to? That's everybody. Well, yeah. All the rappers who died, they, they oh, that's who it was. Well. It was Takeoff. Okay, and somebody was like, maybe it was Duval. I don't know, but it was like, what it is was it about Duvall. people yeah. that now? Because one, and I'm not saying this to be facetious in any post kind of anything way. You, and now, in some cases, family members or the, a late somebody might take over that account. And like post stuff in their memory or something, but they're never going to they're post never going to post anything. You're never going to see them in any new footage, pictures, or videos or anything. So, what is the reasoning behind that? But it may be tied into you know, it's like a bad car accident. Everybody want to see. Everybody want to go there and like be kept up to date on on you know something traumatic. In this case. Hopefully he recovers and does well. There's a certain thinking then, that's behind that that I can't quite put my finger on. Either. It's like, why do people want to engage and support when you die? 
or something bad happens to you. Like they, that kid could have died that night. A DMX dies and it's fucking, they buy his album. Like yeah. a pop smoke dies and he goes platinum. It's like, what the fuck are y'all thinking? Right? A takeoff dies and he gets a million Nipsey followers. Nipsey Hussle. Overnight. Yeah. Like everybody running the marathon. And you know what's crazy? Everybody playing his music. He running around everywhere trying to give his music and sell his music and getting a few supporters. He I fucking remember. takes a bullet and... Tupac, the same thing. It's like motherfucker died to sell five million of his records. Like, I remember listening to Nipsey Hussle not long before he was killed, but I see him in an interview which intrigued me, and I started listening to his album, and it was good. But nobody, it really wasn't on the radar for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And then he got killed, and it was like everywhere. And I'm like, okay, I know these songs because I have been listening to it, but it was it. It's it's very weird, and I don't know what the psychology behind that is. I'm sure we can find out, but it's very weird that people. It's like they want to jump on. It's a maybe it's that's the bandwagon, regardless of where the bandwagon is going. People just want to jump on the bandwagon. But it's it's not even that because jumping on the bandwagon is like okay, now all of a sudden you think you like the music or you like the merch or you like the movies or you like the TV show, but. You could have probably found somewhere in your life where you said you hated that shit, or you didn't watch it. If or you people didn't talk like negatively it. about it, people will probably jump on that bandwagon too. It's I don't like, know. damn, like why all of a sudden? I mean, you got a toy drive for fucking kids now. Yeah. You know, you got Instagram and all that. I don't know how many followers he has, but twenty five hundred dollars to four million in twenty four hours because yeah. I almost died. That's crazy. It, it's it's insane, and I don't know what that is, but it's something. Um, what have you learned? You know, one thing, now not to, well, we kind of already were in a little bit of a dark place. One of the things that I learned is that, um, you know, with all the tragedies that are happening in the world, sometimes we lose focus on how it impacts our children, like the younger children. And they may not always voice it um, and, you know, outwardly to say, this is how I feel or this is what I'm thinking. They may not always show emotion. But I've learned, or I guess it was really brought close to me, like right in front of my face, that kids are impacted in ways that we have no idea yeah, about things. And it's so important to talk to them, engage. One of the things that, and this isn't like new, but I'm going to continue, that I've been intentional with the kids in our life, our nieces and nephews, is really talking to them about their feelings and emotions. And I even told my niece, you know, one of them, like when I was a kid, adults didn't ask kids, how do you feel about this? Yeah. What are you thinking? Anything bothering you? Anything you want to talk about? Like adults just didn't have those conversations. And it was I was on the tail end of that speak when you spoken to shit. Yeah. And I have been like, and I'm going to be even more intentional about it. Just asking them, how are you feeling today? Mm -hmm. Anything on your mind? Because, Kids will, like, shock your world about the things that go on in their mind. So, you know, I kind of piggybacked off of, off of some of your lessons that you've learned. I know I'd really be schooling y'all on some good educational stuff, but I'll get back to that. It's crazy how you can, and this is like an interpersonal conversations we have that I'm not going to get in depth to, but it's weird how you sometimes can see a person living their purpose and them not even knowing it. And I'm going to just leave it there. Um, three grams. One of them was the DeMar Hamlin toy drive thing. Um, but what did you learn? Oh, I learned <laughs> um, some ratchet shit. <laughs> Patrice. 
Oh God! I don't know what a tree is? I, you know, you young folk out there, what that is? I don't know. A, a tree. I looked this up in Urban Dictionary. <laughs> a tree is often used to identify a hoe. I did not. That's the definition. Wait. So how do you spell it? T R E E S H. So like a girl's name, like a treesh. Yeah, like and it's you can use it in a, a sentence like treesh done sucked me up. She only she only was good for the spits. Ew, I don't like none of that. You know I like to use the new vernacular that but, these young kids be using, but I don't like that. Trish done sucked me up. She was only good for the spits. The spits, though. That's crazy. Ew. That's Y'all better crazy. use some good vocabulary out here. I don't like that. I, 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 I just trish. learned today. I mean, I'm it's a shame if your name is Trish. years old, and I just learned what a Trish is. And again, if y'all I think don't it's know, new. it's often used to identify a hoe. A <laughs> uh, ho. <laughs> um, dinner scammers. You ever heard of this? Dinner scammers. Yeah. And I, I think I know what you're talking about, but I don't know. Go ahead. You, go ahead. You, what you think it is? So somebody like goes out to dinner and then they like act like something was wrong with their food so that they don't have to pay for it. No, this is like women of you know you got to be of the female persuasion who like go try to flirt with guys and go out and order up a bunch of food and. Never and ghost the guy, just wanted dinner. Oh, okay, yeah. I, I didn't know oh, that's the that's avenue. okay. That's a, oh. no, I've heard of that. I didn't know that's the avenue you were going to. Like, yeah, they just keep them like kind of their roller decks for when they want a meal or something. But I mean, to your point of saying ghost them, never hear. Well, from how them. do we know that this is a thing and nobody's doing anything about this? Like, this is just okay. If guys were doing shit like this to women, it would be ridiculous. They are. How many guys meet a girl to get some coochie and then ghost them? No, I'm... So she's she's getting them for a meal. He's getting her for her draws. I digress. Yeah. Okay. Because it's been going on. I digress. Okay. Right. <laughs> I, I, I know when to shut up. Last, Graham. Um, what's your reaction to a Karen? What's your reaction to a Karen wanting to cut you in line and when you didn't let her, she said you assaulted her and called the cops? I probably would be going by the time the cops got there. Like, I'm not waiting around for that foolishness. No, she act like she wanted to, like, put, I, I would probably... No, she tried to cut you in line and you had to, like, no, you're not cutting me. And she said you'll assault her and call the cops. I'm going to pay for my stuff and leave. I'm not waiting for the cops for that. Okay. Yeah, I'm not waiting for the cops. No, she act like she wanted to get physical, then it's different. But I'm not waiting for the cops to, you know what, officer... Watch on the Walmart camera, because that's where the Karens be. Watching the Walmart camera, y'all make a determination. If y'all think I saw her, find me. But I'm not waiting around for that. Like, these Karens are out of control. And what I realized, well, this is my own Tasha logic. We what watch if it's it. a bad cop and he sees you, like, in the parking lot getting in your car and, like, slams you to the ground saying that you ran from the situation? Now, a decision you made... Got you on the ground with a knee in your back with handcuffs on, calling for Jamar. I mean, that's going to be an escalated situation because me... But you, and you didn't do shit to escalate. You thought, I just don't want to deal with this situation. I'm removing myself. Yeah. So you leave. And cop pulls up and she's like, did she go and get in her car? Now, if the cop asked me to stop... Okay, off. I'm not going to like leave once the cop is there. But if like I got to sit around and wait 10, 15 minutes for a cop, no, I'm going. Fine. Look at the camera. Look at my license plate. Find me. Like, I'm not waiting around to explain to them she was trying to get in front of me. I just told her no and she cried her white crocodile tears. And now here we are. I'm not even allowing myself 
to my to the extent that I can help it, I'm not allowing myself to even be a part of that equation. You deal with the cops when they get here. That that's what you do. And I think for these Karens, so many of these videos that we see, and I've been thinking about this. It's kind of like a kid having a tantrum because that's really what it is. A grown ass lady having a tantrum and just like a kid who has a tantrum, when you ignore them, eventually they realize they're not getting the reaction that they want and they stop. Now, I'm not saying if anybody put their hands on you or spit on you or even so far as some of the words that they say, because we're human. I ain't going to be able to ignore that either. But the like passive aggressive stuff. Threw something at you. Where she threw yeah, we having a, we having a problem. Does it matter what she threw? anything you throw at me is disrespectful. I don't care if you threw a cotton ball at me. The fact that you threw something at me is disrespectful. It's up. It's up. It's, up. Like, it's disrespectful. <laughs> the fact that you threw something. Like, you, you what throw... What you got to do when you say it's up? It's stuck. Like, you got to shut it down. The ruckus got to get yeah, stuck. He got, <laughs> yeah. He wants me to go somewhere and start a ruckus. Like... <laughs> We're, like we're on Fight Club. He just wants me to go somewhere and just no, start I just, something. I, no, I just think she should like add one thing to her bucket list. Start a ruckus. That yeah, it is on her bucket list. Been in a fight before, and that's cool. Everybody ain't fighting. Stop she, saying that. She never was in a fight. That's a that's a fact. I'm not saying that in a Stop disrespectful saying way. Saying that. I don't like it. when you say it. Why? Because I don't. Why? I don't like when you say it, babe. It's okay. No, it, it has an implication that... It does not have an implication. It does not have no implication. What you always tell me, you're not a punk, right? Go ahead. Okay, so you don't have... Nothing. Right, let's do a rap. Act 2 the Podcast, episode 104. Coming to a rap. Um, catch us on act2thepodcast.com, Facebook, Instagram, um, um, all the other platforms out there <laughs> except for Apple. So you can catch us on any of those platforms. Uh, act to the podcast. If you fuck with us, you fuck with us. If you don't, you should. Peace.